turn in your Bible with me to uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. I want to read a couple of things that uh, just get ready in that location. I want to make some comments. Uh, and we have, uh, well, you know what we can do? How do you, you, you want to go ahead and put the number up first. Uh, we have, what we have here available to us is uh, a number, a text number that you can, as I'm teaching. Now, let me, let me ask you to do this. Let's stay with these up-to-date numbers right here. What happens, this comes on during Wednesday, goes off when Wednesday night is over. So you can, during the week, any question you may have, uh, we're compiling these. We'll come back and, uh, and, and present those to you. But tonight, the ones we're doing real time right now, I'm asking that primarily that you'll stay on subject. You understand? So I'm not diverting on and off. So these sub, the questions you want to send in tonight that, that I'm going to, that'll come live to me, uh, we want to stay on subject with those. All right. So, uh, and, and then of course, in, any question on any subject that you care, uh, that you have questions concerning, you can send those in during the week and then we'll be ready on Wednesday to work on those. So, uh, last week I began uh, answering the question, you know, what, we as, how do we as Christians respond to uh, the homosexuality in our culture and the lives of people? How do we interact with that? How does that work for us? How do we respond to that? Uh, what, most importantly, what does the Word of God have to say? Uh, I shared with you last week a, uh, a, just pulled it from the internet, a blog of a young man uh, who announced his coming out as, as gay, homosexual, and and quoted Proverbs 29, 11, uh, talking about how God had made him that way and he's going to celebrate it. And, and, and the importance of the church having a voice, how we re, uh, speak and respond to this subject. Remember, we said, and in fact, and I'll, I'll say this again before we're, we're concluded tonight. I really believe, and I want you to begin to think this way. Uh, guys, we live in an increasingly uh, secular culture. Many of you grew up, particularly if you're 50 and above, so that's not many of us in the room tonight, but there are some people who grew up with a devotion and a prayer every day over the, the speaker system in the public school. There, there, there was a day when businesses wouldn't open on Sunday. There, there, there was a day when sports teams and the city sports leagues would not have games or rehearsals on Wednesday nights. Because people were in church on Sunday. People were in church on Wednesday night. And our culture has shifted so far away from those things. That's just, you know, just tip of the iceberg. We live in an increasingly secular society. And, and I believe, this is what I want you to see. And we'll talk about this a little more tonight. Uh, I believe subjects, issues like homosexuality are opportunities for the church to begin to be who we're supposed to be. And, and respond to this culture in a way that allows them to see God. Let me tell you in two ways. Number one, that they will see that the church is not homophobic or that we are haters, but that we love everyone. And, that, and, and like Christ, we love people, but we do not condone what people do. Not just homosexuals, whatever the Bible it gives us clarity on. So one thing, we're, we have an opportunity to not be how we're caricatured as haters and fearers but people who walk out the love of Jesus. But if we stop there, we are not truly, uh, what would I say, revealing, showing, living out the gospel. Because homosexuality is just one of the subjects that we're going to face increasingly in our culture. And we must respond the way Christ would. But here's the second thing. 
that we have an opportunity to do. What we just sang in that second song, we have an opportunity for people to see the power of God to transform people's lives. Now, that's not just homosexuality. It's in drug addiction, alcohol addiction, pornographic addiction. Uh, it goes on and on. Do you understand that? There's something only the church has, and that is the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. So if we only can forgive, if we only have a gospel of forgiveness, how many are thankful for forgiveness? I'm thankful for forgiveness. Anybody needed some? In the beginning, how many need some now? Come on, tell the truth. All right. So thank God for forgiveness. But if the gospel stops at forgiveness, and we're not not only revealing forgiveness, if we are not uh, also demonstrating, is the word I want to use, we're not only demonstrating forgiveness and grace, but if we do not demonstrate the power of God to transform lives, we are not really preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we, we have an opportunity not to shirk away from this, but to do it in the right way. So here's a young man quoting scripture. It's increasingly happening. Uh, churches are now embracing homosexuality. And, and so we, we have these voices. Let, let me read this to you. You're, you're not going to hear this on the news because the, the, the secular news outlets do not want an uprising in this country. But many of you may be aware of this. At this very moment in California, I don't know if you've heard about what's going on there, uh, there is an assembly bill, 2943, authorized by Democratic Assemblyman Evan Lowe, uh, that they're going to utilize the state's existing, no, this is where they came at this, the consumer fraud, okay, statute to classify gay conversion therapy as a fraudulent practice. So there's a bill pending right now in the Senate of California that if any institution of any kind, including the church, would, would have counseling that would, would say to a homosexual or a transgender person that your lifestyle can change, and if a book was sold or a fee was charged, that person could be arrested under that bill uh, because of, of fraudulent business practices. It's, 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 it's being, it's, it's being discussed, uh, and it's in committee at this time. Now, what happens, uh, what does the Bible say? I'm going to read it to you tonight, and I read it last week. So according to the Bible, the homosexual change their lifestyle. Is that what the Bible says? Can a homosexual change their lifestyle according to the Word of God? Yes. So, so theoretically, anything, according to the bill in California, right now in our country, anything, that states that the homosexual lifestyle can change or should change and there is any money exchanged with that, that person could be arrested. What does that mean? You can't sell a Bible in California now? Because that's exactly what it says. Now, those purporting the law say, no, 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 that's not what it means. Uh, you can believe anything you want, say anything you want. But, but what if a church, uh, what, what, what happens, what if uh, a pastor made that statement in a message and somebody uh, bought a CD of the sermon. You put the church and the pastor are now violating the laws. So do you understand why the church cannot go to sleep? Not because we're haters, but because everything we allow to be taken away, we, we just lose more and more voice. And here's the issue. Why do we need to keep our voice? Because when you speak the truth in love, people are set free. When, when, if, if there's no standard of righteousness, then there's no standard. If there's no one willing to speak to the issue, then, 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 then you've heard me say before, then the liars are the only ones talking. And our children deserve better than that. 
And your grandchildren deserve better than that. And our students in school deserve better than that. So, so the, the premise and, and what we're looking at and what we're seeing here is that we have not only an obligation, I, I believe we have a mandate that, uh, that we are dealing with. So here's where I want to go. Let's go to, and I, I, I'm going to read a couple of verses I led, read last week. And then uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. I've given us the Amplified Translation tonight just to look a little different slant. I want to hit a couple of points I made. If you missed last week, uh, I'd love for you to catch up on that. So let's look at this. Let's look at God's original intent, okay? God's original intent. How did he create us? What is clear in Scripture, okay? Then God said, let us, that's the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. That's how we were created, all right? And let them have a complete authority over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, the cattle, over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. And how did he create mankind? Male and female, he created them. That was God's designation. God created man and woman in that fashion. Uh, 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 a person born a man is a man. A person born a woman is a woman. God said mankind is divided into two creative categories, male and female. That, that, that there, there isn't a C option. Okay, okay. According to the Word of God. All right? So let's go to 28. So what happens? And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, who? Male and female. Be fruitful. Multiply. That speaks to bearing children. All right, without any question. And fill the earth, subjugate it, putting it under your power. Can I say everything in the earth should be under our authority as a believer? So that means anything you can grow on the earth should be under our authority, right? So then marijuana is under your authority, cocaine's under your authority. So you, you never were to be controlled by cocaine. You never were to be controlled by weed. You were never to be controlled by anything the earth could produce. So it's under our authority. We have authority under Christ over everything that the earth can produce. Okay? So don't, 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 don't tell me. I heard one guy say, well, if God didn't want us to have it, he wouldn't have grown it. You know, then, then, then go eat poison. Why don't you eat that? Okay. I got a cactus I'll let you have after church if you think that makes any sense. Enjoy yourself. All right. So subjugate it. Put it under your power and rule over, dominate fish of the sea, birds of the air, every living thing that moves upon the earth. So what do we see? The church must respond to these things with the love of Christ. We understand that the voices are rising. They're confusing. Uh, again, we have Bible scriptures being given. We have celebrations being given. I, I read you a quote from a, uh, a gay church leader, which is an oxymoron. And it says uh, that it is, he said about his homosexuality, it is a gift. It is a gift from my creator to be accepted and celebrated and lived with integrity. So we, we, we see what's happening. Now, let, let's, um, you know, I, I told you this, and again, you, you, I went for probably 10 or 15 minutes last week, and I, I'll just refer to it. When we look at this, the Bible says here in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, that when God created male and female, He created us in His image and likeness. And there is something about the union of male and female in the, in the sanctity of marriage, the Bible says, that reflects the image of God. 
there is a union between a man and a woman under God's blessing that literally gives us insight to the image of God. When we mar the male-female relationship with any other substitute, what you need to understand, you're attacking the very image of God in our culture. And so we see why this strikes right at the heart of that. Uh, Any relationship, uh, sexual relationship, any sexual relationship outside of marriage is a sin. Adultery is a sin. Premarital sex is a sin. Because you're breaking and marring the image that God created for man and woman to be in union and to reveal who he is. And we have to understand that. So so adultery, male to female. Heterosexual adultery is a sin. Heterosexual premarital sex is a sin. Homosexual sex is a sin. Anything outside the union of God-ordained marriage between a male and a female is is against the Word of God. Uh, And and it becomes really a caricature. Literally, uh, it, it is a counterfeit. So we looked at this. I want us to go to Romans chapter 1. Uh, and I shortened the verses I read last week. I want to go to verse 24. And so let's see clearly what does the Bible say, guys. I want you to be able to stand on this foundation. And, and I'm going to make some application here. Therefore, God gave them over. Talking about men and women rebelling against God. Therefore, God gave them over. Didn't create them this way. He released them to be what they chosen. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their own hearts to sexual impurity. Do you see that one of the first things that happens, and you look at our culture today, uh, it, it is sexually inundated. We live in a culture, they use sex to sell cheeseburgers. Go figure. You know, sex has infiltrated our culture. And so what happens, the devil's plan is always this. If you get hit with something enough and often enough, you know what happens? You get numb to it. And so what you do, you just keep piling it on, piling it on, piling it on until something... We've come to a place where what once was not even tolerated is now celebrated in our culture, in in every category, right? So therefore, God gave them over the lust of their hearts to sexual impurity. Let me... Single adults, if you've crossed the line and, and, and you've been sexually active before marriage, you can come back across the line and honor God. There, somewhere we have to, in our culture, take a stand and say, we're going to obey the Word of God. We're just going to obey His Word. All right? So that their... What happened when this sexual impurity? So that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Abandoning them. He didn't create it. He had to release them because of the free will of man. Abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. What does sin do? It degrades us. Okay, verse 25. Because by choice, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. You understand that? When you exchange truth for a lie, then deception comes in your life. And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. What do you mean? We don't bow down and worship little idols in America. Most people don't. But when we put self above God, we have made idols. Say, worship the creature above the creator. What do people say? Well, that does, that's not wrong to me. I don't think that's wrong. See, that, that doesn't seem wrong to me. Well, my experience, or, you know, everybody here says it's right. Anytime we put a creature above the creator, we're idolaters. Okay? So, uh, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, so homosexuality, uh, sexual sin and perversion is, is idol worship. It's a modern day idol worship. Let's go to verse 26. For this reason, God gave them over. That's the third time you see that. To degrading and vile passions. 
for their women exchanged, again, you see, exchanged, the natural function of that which is unnatural. What, what are we looking at? What was natural became unnatural. A function contrary to nature. That's not something God created. He created nature to function in order. This is against order. It's not the creation of God or the gift of God or the plan of God. Verse 27. And in the very same way, also the men turned away. See that? Again, turned away from the natural function. Created naturally, they turned from it. You, you, you keep seeing that same, the same line of thought. We'll, okay. Turned away from the natural function of the woman and were consumed with their desire toward one another. Do you, but, but do you see the sequence there? Before they were truly consumed with their desire for one another, they had first turned away from a woman. You follow the process here? Turned away from, their, from the woman and then consumed by the desire with men. Men with men committing shameful acts and in return receiving their own bodies, inevitable and appropriate penalty for the wrongdoing. Verse 28. Or did I stop there? Okay. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider Him worth knowing as their Creator, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things which are improper and things that are impulsive, repulsive. Excuse me. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. I want you to see this. All right? Watch this. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do you understand that no matter how many people agree with our sin, if God doesn't agree with you, it's sin? Do you understand that in any category? Let's, we, this, the thing with homosexuality is just an opportunity for us to look at a bigger picture. Okay? So, so do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? It's not going to happen. If you're the last guy standing, if everybody agrees with you, you got what? It, okay. If if we pass laws, it doesn't change it. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate by perversion, nor those who participate in homosexuality. Let's go to verse ten. You see all those other things here. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards. Asila, we'll pause there for a minute. Nor revilers, what are revilers? Whose words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander. I'm going to really, I'm going to sit down on that and just wait. People love me to preach on homosexuality. In fact, I don't preach on homosexuality. I'm helping people understand something. I'm not bashing anybody. But look at the rest of the list. Everybody likes me to talk about the sin they don't commit. That's all I'm saying. All right. Nor swindlers will inherit. You're, will not, won't inherit. Or have any share in the kingdom of God. Man. That, I mean, how much more clear could that be? Let's go to verse 11. I want you to see this. We often stop there, but I want you to see this. Watch this whole connection. And such were, somebody say were. were. See, if all the gospel is is forgiveness, thank God for forgiveness. But if all the gospel can do is forgive and not transform, if we don't become X something, you, you got what I'm saying? We don't have a gospel. 
And such were some of you before you believed. But you were washed. Come on. What? What washed us? The atoning sacrifice of Christ. Huh? You were sanctified. Set apart for God. And made... Well... You were justified. Isn't that awesome? Declared free of guilt. Come on. we. He just declared not guilty. Come on. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. And in the Holy Spirit of our God. What's the Holy Spirit? The source of the believers. What? Not the old life with the new name. <laughs> Come on. Come on. The source of the believer's new life. And what? Oh, my. I don't have a lot need to say, do I? There, that's the Word of God. So the deal is, like I keep saying, I believe that the church gets this, that we have an opportunity, if we have done right, that homosexuality could become one of the places where the world looks at, at what happens when somebody meets Christ and say, there must be a God. There must be a God. God's not afraid of the hard cases. You, come on, do you understand that? We, we have to find these things that are in this list, people that were there, and he says, and such were some of you. Come on, tell the truth. So maybe you weren't in homosexual activity, but you might have been one of those drunkards or revilers or, uh, you, you know, come on, you know what I'm talking about, swindlers and slanderers. And, and, and the Bible says that we were washed by the blood, sanctified, set apart, justified, and that the power of the Holy Spirit gave me a new life and changed my behavior. So instead of hiding back and the church saying, well, you know, you know, you know, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe you do have a weird gene and you're born to be an alcoholic. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you have a, uh, you know, maybe you're uh, predisposed to drug addiction. May I don't know. Maybe you were born to be a homosexual. Then, then, then what? Look, listen to me. If there's anything this word says is not acceptable to God, listen to me. Then God then holds a responsibility to deliver you from its power when you surrender your life to Him. If He would not be God if He said this lifestyle's wrong. And not have the power to pull us out of that lifestyle. Then he would be an unjust God. Okay? So instead of explaining what he can't do. Why don't we begin to model what he can do. In every area of our life. And become this 1 Corinthians 9.11. I love that verse. 1 Corinthians 6.11. Alright, let me give you one more. 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10. 1 Timothy 1. You see why I love the Amplified Translation, don't you? I mean, it gets us there. Alright, look at this. Understanding the fact... That law is not enacted for the righteous person, the one in right standing with God, but for lawless and rebellious people, for the ungodly and the sinful, for the irreverent and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers. Man, what a list. Let's go to verse 10. For sexually immoral persons, for homosexual. Do you see that sexually immoral comes along with the homosexual thing in both these passages? Okay, all right. For kidnappers and slave traders. That meant one thing then, boy, today, do you know they say on, on planet Earth today there are more slaves than there have ever been in any time in the history of this world? Did you know that? And most of that today is due, due to human trafficking, sex slaves. For liars, for perjurers, 
and for whatever else us contrary is contrary to sound doctrine. You you understand and 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 we we just I, I need to keep moving. Uh, you can read in the the account of Genesis 19 where an entire region was destroyed, Sodom and Gomorrah, for the sin of overt homosexuality and the other things that we read about here that that were part of this issue. So 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 let's look at this. I, I'm getting a couple of questions here. Uh, and and I'm just going to pop one of these open right now, okay? Uh, because I think it, it, it fits right here in this thing. Uh, okay. Look at this. I have dealt with homosexuality for about eight years. I've tried being married to a woman. I have kids, uh, full custody of them. I've asked God why for years, but I didn't get an answer so I felt like God will take it from me in this life or the next I was raped and molested from I don't know how old till I was 16 I never got an answer uh, was I made this way or what happened to me but I still haven't got an answer I need some help but I know, no, I didn't ask for this that's reality that's tough stuff so where does this come from I can't give you every every uh trigger or influence or, or or what motivates it but about homosexuality that's what we're talking about some of these things are very deep-seated uh and uh and and here's a question let me say this and and you you have to understand how incredibly minute this question is the percentage of people and how it really has nothing to do with transgenderism the next question what would you say to the people who are born with both male and female sexual organs? There is an extremely rare uh, genetic situation where that, I, I, the percentages are so off the chart. I, I, I hate to, I'm not going to quote it. It's minuscule of point something. You, you, you understand? For that person, that's a physical genetic uh, deformity. That then has to be dealt with uh, in, in a whole in another issue, but medically. But I can tell you that that is not the cause of transgenderism, because if it were, you'd never know, see, or hear of somebody transgender because of how rare that is. Well, let's go back to that other question. Our heart should go out to somebody dealing with those issues. What what happens? Uh, this is my years of counseling, my books I've read, studies, personal, and 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 listening, learning. Uh, what what releases and triggers this? Uh, for many, many people, it's the dynamics in the family, uh, the, the role of the father, the mother, one, you know, dominant here, dominant there, absent here, absent there. Sometimes sometimes that has an effect. Uh, oftentimes abuse, just like we've read here. I've talked to that. Uh, I talked to one young man, and I said, why do you feel that you're a homosexual? He said, well, I was sexually abused by my uncle, and I just thought, well, if I wasn't a homosexual, he would have never abused me. Disconnection. You understand how some of these things happen. I know it's kind of blunt language, but uh, so abuse and, and pain can trigger this. Uh, misunderstanding sexual desires. A lot of young people, as they begin to go into puberty, they, 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 there's a uh, searching for identity, trying to plug into what's going on in their life, uh, what, what other people have told them. We let homosexuality is so prevalent and in our face now that uh, I've talked to young men and young women. I've talked to young women who are athletic. And, uh, and and achieving in sports, uh, maybe basketball or softball in some areas. And they said, for, starting in middle school, somebody tells them, 
you're gay, aren't you? Aren't you gay? What makes you gay? Because you can play basketball? But, but what it is, it's a recruitment. It's an identity. It's, it's, you know, I want somebody else to be like me. And so, and so children begin to be targeted because of very normal tendencies in their life. Or do you remember, and, and again, uh, until we've come in the last generation, uh, now if a young man is artistic or he is uh, creative or may have some of these other qualities in his life, he begins to be, people begin to tell him what others say. Are you gay? Or, you know, what makes you gay? Uh, you know, I, I, can you remember some of these guys, some the, the, a generation ago, the, the top fashion designers in the world, uh, like Calvin Klein and Yves Saint Laurent and some of these others, they were... Part of my language, I don't know what to say. They were playboys. <laughs> and now everybody says a young man is a designer or has those kind of skills and abilities, they begin to categorize and tag him. That's who you are. So a lot of people, who they say, without, without healthy family situations, there, there's little uh, help for them. And, and then a lifestyle starts, and it goes from there. Uh, a lot of people now, ex- experimentation. Uh, it's a dangerous thing that our teenagers are doing. Uh, there's some kids today, it's shifted, it's off of it now, but about five years ago, there was a big thing uh, that the kids were wearing different color bracelets, in case you wonder what was going on there, that they had tied on, which were uh, uh, identifying the different sexual encounters they had had. Uh, and so, uh, experimentation of young people, uh, saying, you know, experimenting as a bisexual, as a heterosexual, as a homosexual, uh, creates attachments and confusion and 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 categorization so we we get it from every angle in our culture today uh a a big issue uh in in a community is acceptance maybe there's a young man that doesn't fit into uh the classic male roles and what he enjoys and looks what he's good at in life and so uh, they find acceptance uh and brought into that community there are uh i think probably one of the major things today is simply identity trying to find an identity where do I belong? Who loves me? Who who likes me? Who, where do I fit? And then and then there are people with a very deep seated uh, same sex attraction that I don't have all the answers for. I will tell you this: as with every sin that violates the word of God, that is an addictive or lifestyle sin. I believe that there are spirits that control these situations as well, and these spirits have been released against our culture, and they 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 attack the the weak and the vulnerable. And, and create these areas. Now, we, we've seen from Scripture that the homosexual lifestyle is not God's creation. It is not how God creates any human being. It, it is not the plan or the will of God. Uh, it, it's really a counterfeit, trying to find identity in some of these areas. People are grappling with, why do I feel this way? You know, I, I don't think that the solution for a gay man uh, to, to come out of homosexuality is to go marry a woman. I think the, the solution for a, a, a man who uh, is, is, is trapped or, or dealing with homosexuality is to find freedom in Christ. You don't turn to another person to find healing. That you, you, you go to Christ. And I think that's one of the important things. Rather than telling people there is no help or you'll always be this way, we, uh, much of this comes from brokenness. And there needs to be healing that's given. Uh, if God forbids it, listen to me, He can also forgive it. If God forbids it, he can forgive it, but only when it's surrendered to him. How many understand that? Jesus paid much too high a price for us not to believe that he can deliver us from everything that controls our life. See, here's what we have to understand. If we give in on one issue and say, well, the Bible doesn't really mean this, then where does it stop? See, if we don't believe God can 
forgive and change and, and strengthen somebody dealing with homosexuality, then, then what else can God not do? What else does uh, the verse uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 11 not apply to? See, there are some people, let me say this, who were formerly in uh, a homosexual lifestyle. And they have accepted Christ and they repented of their sins and they have left that life, lifestyle out of obedience to Christ. But they sometimes still deal with temptations in that area. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. If it was a sin to be tempted, then none of us, you're going to be tempted every day in different areas, different people, different things. Temptation will cease when we go to heaven. But the power of God is present. So can a person who once was practicing as a homosexual and accepted Christ, you know, what if there's not an instantaneous freedom from those temptations? Can they be saved? Yes. They're obeying the Word of God. They're walking in the Word of God. Do you think a drug addict might not have to walk a while before the, the temptation is not strong to come back in that? Every time they hit a spot, instead of going to their drug of choice, they're learning to go to Christ. You understand what I'm saying? And so we walk through many areas like that. So we need to be sure about that. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. All right. Now, I, let, let me... Let, let me say a couple things, and we're going to, because I want, we've got some business to do tonight. Uh, I'm trying to look at some questions that, that are coming at me here. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm on while you're listening. I apologize. Okay, I had that same question twice. I hear, okay, wow. This question says, would I perform a marriage for a gay couple? Absolutely not. I got nothing else to say. Was that clear enough? Okay. Um, and I, if you don't know why, you hadn't listened to me for two weeks. I mean, I... I, I okay. If someone who sincerely accepted Christ as a young person... And later accepts an identity of a homosexual and lives that lifestyle, are they no longer saved? What do we read? These practices that we read tonight from the Bible says that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the Word says. Can that person come back to Christ? Yes. But unless they do, the Word says you don't inherit the kingdom of God. Right? Uh, can you give some advice on how to minister to a family member who's in a homosexual relationship without trying to make them feel like you don't love them? Very important. Uh, uh, it, you know, if there's a family member, the first thing you do is say, you know, you have to establish a fact. I love you. You have to establish the fact I'm here for you. You, you want to establish the fact that, that I don't agree and condone this lifestyle. It's because of Scripture. But I believe that, that, that you know, I, I'll, I'll talk with you. I'll pray with you. Uh, I believe that Christ can help you find what you're searching for. I believe that homosexuality, like many other things, are counterfeits to a real identity that Christ has for a person. We're trying to help them move out of that. And, and, and we have to deal with it, all right? So I, I think those are important. I, what we don't want to start doing, here, here's the new trend in the church, uh, in some churches, not all churches, some churches. Even though people, they say, are, uh, they are saying, I have left the homosexual lifestyle, Okay. But they, but they, they want to begin to use this um, nomenclature. They're, they call themselves gay Christians. 
Well, then why don't we start saying we're alcoholic Christians or pedophile Christians or polygamous Christians or sex addict Christians? I mean, I think it's very dangerous and confusing to categorize ourselves by sin that we've been set free from. Why, is, why do I fight for that identity? Does that make sense? Why, why, why would we fight to be named something God let us out of? It, 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 you know, you hear me. I'm the guy that says, I said all the time, I, these, these ladies and men in our recovery programs, I'm going to tell you, they do not have to stand up for the rest of their life and every time they introduce themselves, say, Hi, I'm John Doe. I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm John Doe. I was an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm set free from that. You're not, for the rest of your life, identified by what God took. To, does that mean that John Doe doesn't have to be careful? He better be careful. Does that mean he doesn't need to go sit in front of the liquor store and pray all day not to be tempted? No. Does that mean that he, he needs to be careful who he hangs around with and what he does? Okay. So let me kind of bring this to a thing. But we don't, we do not name ourselves for what we were. You with me? Okay. We're not going to do that. You know, it's just, it, it's detrimental. So here, here's the deal. Here's the thing. Here's what I want to say. Uh, I, I'm convinced that if, if someone has been involved in a homosexual lifestyle, and they've accepted Christ as their Savior and repented. And they're no longer living in that lifestyle. They may still deal with the temptation. But I believe that as in everything that Scripture tells us, that person, male or female, can expect the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to give us new behavior and even new desires that He said He'll renew our mind. And it may not happen overnight, but our expectation should be that if God saved me, He can change me. Your expectation should be in any life-controlling situation that if I can be forgiven, I can be delivered. So our expectation should be there. I don't say it's easy. I don't say it's overnight. And I'm saying they're Christians. All right? But, but what we have to do is begin to take authority in Jesus' name. I'm closing. All right? Pastor Joey, come. I'm closing. We're, we're going to take authority in Jesus' name. How do you deal with temptation in your life? I have to confront it and deal with it in, the, in Jesus' name. Okay? Let, 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 me, let me give you something else. You need to stop talking about it. You need to stop talking about it. If I were coming out of an addictive lifestyle, everybody listening to me? Don't get tricked. Listen, I'm, I'm rapping. I'm, I'm, I'm helping. Listen, first of all, I need to have my expectation that God will do for me what His Word says He will do. Doesn't that kind of go to what I taught Sunday on hope? I should have the confident expectation that the Word of God is true for me, just like everybody else. Your sin may be different than my sin. Your lifestyle different. But His Word says this, and my expectation is that. I cannot settle for less than that. The next thing I need to do is I need to quit talking it to people. If there are people who are telling you you'll never change, you don't need to keep talking to them. Listen to me. If you, if you used to be an alcoholic and you've got buddies that say, hey, you know you're an alcoholic. Don't lie to me. You know, you know you want to drink. I would lose them like I would lose the leprosy. You say, well, oh, but pastor, who's going to lead them to the Lord? Somebody other than you is going to lead them to the Lord. You oh, got me? If you got friends that you used to smoke weed with or, or, you know, whatever, meth, crack, you know, on and on, pills, whatever. And, and they say, hey, why don't you come over? You say, you come meet me at church. Well, come on, we're friends. I thought we were friends. You say, yeah, we were. You know, see, listen, you got to understand, do you want to be set free or not?
You have to get rid of the sun. Listen to me. Your pastor, me, George Sawyer, standing in front of you. When I got saved, I had to leave college and go to another college. That's what I did. Because I was living in Animal House. And I wasn't going to go back to the animals. And when I got saved, I got saved. And I was under conviction for a long time. And it, took, it was really hard for me to go to that altar. But when I did, I said, I am not going to cash it in. For, this took me a long time. I'm not going to lose it. I, listen, move. Do what you got to do. Quit talking it. Quit making excuses. Quit being around people who tell you it can't work. Or everybody listen to me. All right, I'm, I'm almost done. The next thing you need to do, listen to this. You need to hate your sin. I don't care about anybody else's sin. You need to hate your sin. Hate your sin. Hate your sin. You know why I hate my sins? Because they nailed Jesus to the cross. I don't want to excuse my sins, pet my sins. Find somebody who's got the same sin as me and have a sinner's group. Come on, get me out of that stuff, man. We're the church. We're born again. We're delivered. We're new behavior by the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't go ask me to sit around and have a pity party with a bunch of sinners. I'll lead you to Christ, but I'm not going to eat dinner with you. I'm not going to hang out with you, especially if you were where I used to be. Do you understand that? Well, Pastor, who's going to save them? God's a big God. He'll send somebody. Just like you, that's like somebody uh, single and you're saved, love Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. You start dating some rascal. So I'm lonely. I'm going to win them to the Lord. You want to be a missionary, I'll sign you up. But don't be playing the fool while you're dating. I'm sorry. Everybody with me here? Somebody's got to tell the truth like this. Hate your sin. I hate my sins because they nailed Jesus to the cross. And you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to nail him again. I don't want to do it again. I hate my sins. You have a new identity. Live that identity. Listen, if you don't believe you can change, you'll never change. You with me? Or right, let's stand together. We're going to have a board, a business meeting in a minute, but we, we got to have a Jesus meeting first. Listen to me very closely. We had a young lady in our church. Within the first five years, we began Calvary. I'll never forget this as long as I live. It was shocking. And uh, a group of our single adults went to a uh, Benny Hinn crusade. This lady had been profoundly deaf all of her life, and and uh, she had had some very expensive surgeries and, and procedures done. And, and with these very unique hearing devices, she could she could hear a little. But because of her deafness all of her life, and she was very intelligent, uh, she worked in the hearing impaired industry. She was a leader in the hearing impaired community. Okay, it's her whole identity. She goes to this crusade, this meeting, and God healed her deafness just like that. She took the hearing devices off, turned her back, and said, repeated everything that was said to her. On the way back in the van coming back to the church, she began to think about her identity. My job's with the hearing impaired. My leadership's with the hearing impaired. And she reached in her purse she got her hearing devices and she put them back in her ears and by the time they came to the cater she had lost her heel and never regained it if you don't believe God can deliver you you'll never be delivered 
If your identity means more to you than your deliverance, you'll never be delivered. Everybody with me? Try to be really helpful and just with you. Let's sing this just one verse because we got to do some stuff. How many are thankful? Listen, if God forbids it, He forgives it. But you have to surrender and, and, and walk it out. You have to believe it, understand that. You know, here's what I look at. I look at somebody in a homosexual lifestyle as an opportunity to see the power of God, see the grace of God, right? And, that, and that, well, that's who we are. We don't run from it. We say, man, I love you. And I want you to know that God has something for you. And they may not agree with you initially. But you know what? Sometimes you earn the right to share the gospel by the way you treat people and the way you respect people, love people. 